This is Pants in the Boots, a podcast that doesn't know the meaning of the word defeat. Seriously, that's why we're here today. What does it mean? Anyway, I'm Glenn Fleischman, your host in Seattle, Washington, and joined in this episode by Anthony in Northwest England, Dan in Somerville, Massachusetts, Jenny near Dundee, Scotland, Jean in Portland, Oregon, and Sarah in Auckland, New Zealand. Folks in America, when we want to watch something that was called television, uh, I don't know what we necessarily have. We want to view media, consume media in a visual format, an audiovisual format. Uh, we don't necessarily have to pay for it. Some of it comes in magically through the air. But I understand that in uh, many countries, you have to pay a fee to receive such a thing. I would love to talk about this, especially in the period of streaming media services, some of which are international in nature. Uh, what is a TV license? <laughs> A TV license is uh, a payment you make uh, that you are obligated to make if you have equipment that can receive live television signals that then funds the BBC and all of its BBC services. I mean, the irony is that if you don't have a TV, you can still receive BBC radio, for example, because it, the license fee, and you wouldn't have to pay the license fee, but the license fee covers all of the BBC's services. But they're actually called, <laughs> funnily enough, our TV our regular channel TV over here is called free-to-air, even though technically it's not because you have to pay the TV license. What that means is it's freely available without any kind of encryption. If you have an antenna, you can receive it, you know? So these are, this is a, they're criminal penalties. This is the law. They're yeah. criminal penalties. And um, people have gone, do they still go to jail if they are determined to have not paid their TV license? I've heard of people getting fines. I don't, I don't know. I think what's, what is confusing and what's interesting is that we do have channels that are not BBC channels that you can watch, but you still have to pay for a TV license if you can receive BBC channels. So we have BBC One, BBC Two, but then we have, you know, another three channels that are not at all related. I, I imagine it doesn't hold a lot of water if you're like, yeah, so I have a TV, but I never tune it to the BBC station. Yeah, right. <laughs> because exactly. like I say, the, the license is to own equipment that can receive it. It doesn't yeah. matter whether or not you actually... And the thing is, you'll get people saying, oh, I never watch the BBC. I'm all like, you know, I watch ITV and pay for my Sky and all that sort of stuff. And I never watch the BBC, so I shouldn't pay for my license. Most of the time, that's not true. Like be, mo the BBC's channels and their radio services and their websites are still some of the most watched and most used in the country. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's just a lot of people are ideologically opposed to them because they've been brainwashed by Rupert Murdoch. But that's a whole nother <laughs> rant. <laughs> well, we can, we can get to that. I think that's the uh, that's my I guess it's it's a funny thing because we have uh, subsidization for a for national public radio and television. There are. There's like the corporation for as a corporation for public television or something, and and uh, they provide funding, but they are only a percentage of the funds uh, a very, that are a used. Very small, percentage. very small. So sometimes people are like, "Oh, well, the government's funding NPR, National Public Radio." It's like, well, no, actually, they only put like four percent in. What they really do is they put money in often to support local radio stations in doing unique individual people programming or local TV cut stations. All of that money, even though it's very small. Yeah, it's a very small amount and it's used for local news. So the people who complain about it are often the ones who are like, oh, you mean PBS wouldn't run these programs I watch? It's like, yes, because your station wouldn't exist. But we don't have a – we because of the First Amendment, I think, in particular, uh, I, I think it's because of that. There's, there's no national uh, broadcaster. I don't think we could have one in the way that the BBC exists. There couldn't be any oversight, certainly. Yeah, well, in New Zealand, we've got an, a national broadcaster, that TVNZ. 
believe it or not. It's, um, yeah, they've got Channel 1 and Channel 2, but they they also semi-private, so they do get advertising revenue as well as getting funding from the government. And then we've got our version of um, NPR, which is Radio New Zealand, and they get, I think, virtually all their funding from um, the government. Oh. So they're, they're centralised. But then we also have some private TV channels. I, don't ask me. I watch everything on streaming. <laughs> and then, of course, we have Sky, which is the singular. I'm, I'm not even. There's probably some other ones, but the Sky is the is the biggie for pay TV channels and um, and our version of cable, effectively. Is like, it satellite, satellite. in, in But it's satellite. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because cable yeah. is funny. We have we have cable all over uh, America because I guess. See, I know that there's a lot more. Like we have rural and urban areas. You don't find cable in. in rural areas but I, I was surprised i don't know if it's a retrofitting thing it's just like coaxial cable i think it hit america early enough that people were still were were willing to tear up all kinds of roads and things because yes. they gave a monopoly so cable companies when they were started here were given a monopoly rights of way and special privileges and only one cable operator would uh, cover each area and yeah, just by the way in seattle still true yeah. Oh, it's true. In some places have opened it up. But in Seattle, it's actually was a racial thing. 85% of Seattle is covered by one cable operator and 15%, just coincidentally, the red line part of town into which people who were of color were forced to only purchase property in that part, covered oddly by a different telecom and cable company uh, that did not have necessarily the same services. So you even see historic inequities uh, perpetuated through uh, broadband updates in that modality. Anyhow. No, I, I want to know if it if I am totally making this up, but when I remember when cable went in and the the selling point was like, you pay for cable and you won't have any commercials. Right. Oh, that was right. the, the, yeah. the, yeah. that's the, right. All the channels they, right. they and, supported by us, the cable subscribers. Yeah, right. That did not turn out to be true. Right. Oh, I think that was the original proposition. I mean, cable went in before my time, but I, I recall that being because we didn't have it growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, we only had broadcast stuff. I mean, not to say there wasn't cable, but like my family was not was not a subscriber. But I think that was sort of the idea. Oh, yeah. And certainly later on, what's what's ironic is like then there were later on were channels that you paid for on top of the can your premium cable channels, mm-hmm. right? Many of when which did not have ads, but then you were paying twice because if you right. wanted HBO, you were paying for your cable subscription, and then you were paying for HBO on top yeah. of that. We had. We had cable quite early because my dad sold cable door to door, which is a hilarious. He didn't actually. Yeah. Was like on a big spool. He walked by. He's yeah, like, we're walking. We're like, in the neighborhood. You want in? Plug in. Yeah, he, we we were moving to uh, Oregon, right into a recession by accident, and that was a job he could get, and uh, so he did. And so for months, he would just knock on people's doors and say, "Hey, there's this new thing. This is like the late seventies. This new thing is called cable television." They're like, "But we already get television. No, no, this is like TV, but more of it but over a cord. <laughs> over a cord." Uh, yeah. The the thing that confused me as a kid with the broadcast TV was that there was no channel one. <laughs> like, uh, in my, there never in my, has sorry. been one, right? Yeah, I, I think it's technically a government. There was some sort of thing where it was like a national like broadcast, uh, like emergency oh, channel or something. I yeah, feel like, but sense. it never. I'm not sure it ever got used. But like our channel started at two, which was our PBS channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we lived in a weird place where, you know, thank the liberal enclave of Boston, we had two PBS channels owned by the same Ooh, broadcaster. Oh, my gosh. Wow. One is always BBC One for us uh, on, no, in, one. on any service, yeah. even on pay yeah. services. One is always BBC One. In fact, yeah. I think the first five, because we have five what we call terrestrial channels. And what that means right. is they are broadcast over, like I say, if you have an antenna, you can receive them. You don't need any special equipment. And that's BBC One, BBC Two, 
ITV or ITV1 as it is now because there are digital channels as well. Channel 4, which is actually similar to what Sarah said about the kind of almost like a public-private thing. Like Channel 4 does receive some money from the government, but it also runs commercials. Uh, And then you have Channel 5. Channel 4 bought GBBO, right? They bought Great British Bake Off? That's the the ones, yeah. 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 So I was confused about that because they're still terrestrial, but they're... Those five channels are what's known as the state broadcasters sorry Ah. sorry the public service broadcasters um which means that they have obligations that other channels don't because they are broadcast freely because you can pick them up as long as you have an antenna and you're not paying you know extra for them beyond the tv license they have obligations to things like fairness in their news reporting uh impartiality the um uh, what kind of adverts they can run like there's limits on things like adverts for tobacco for um health things for junk food things like that yeah they they have a lot yeah they have much more stringent requirements on what they can broadcast we only get our fair and balanced news on Fox News. But we also have <laughs> dozens and dozens, hundreds and hundreds of digital channels, just like you guys do now, mm. you know, which you can get. You can still get some of those over the air, but you need a box that can read them uh, or you can get them via pay TV on satellite and what have you. And they yeah, have much less stringent regulations yeah. about what they can broadcast and what sort of adverts they can run. Are the five channels required to be received everywhere? So if I live in some oddball little glen, sorry, yeah. I am an oddball little <laughs> glen. If I live in a small depression in the valley somewhere and I can't get it, are those? Is there an obligation for a, a transmission to be gotten to me because of that? Yes, I, there I are. Mean, yeah, it doesn't. You doesn't know, happen, sort of. Yeah. yeah oh. <laughs> practically speaking, because this town, in fact, where I live, we couldn't get Channel Five terrestrially until the digital switchover. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see. Mm. Yeah, and we're, we're the same way in New Zealand. That, like, yeah, uh, like regardless of what service you're using, if it's a paid for, the first four ish or something like that um uh channels are always one two three and four, and they're always the same channels regardless of where you go, et cetera, et cetera. I've got some numbers here that I think you might enjoy. I think mm. I think you will particularly enjoy. I actually, I'm, may I say, I, I'm very happy to pay my license fee. I have no issue with it whatsoever. I think it's excellent value. But Same I here. think some of our in, international friends, and so you might enjoy some of the exemptions or reductions in fees. So uh, a standard TV license fee is £159 a year for a colour license. If you have a black and white TV... I love that. It's £53.50, which is quite a reduction. Yeah, you could save a lot of money. (laughs) If you are age 74... Find a black and white TV. (laughs) If you are age 74 or over, you will get a reduction. They don't specify what that will be. If you're a care home resident... Um, So if you're living in a situation like a care home where you've got your own space, but it's, you know, an institution, you still have to pay something for your TV, but not as much. And if you are blind or severely sight impaired, you still have to pay half of that fee. (laughs) (laughs) Pay for the A, not the V, I suppose. Exactly. Part of that is a series because the BBC also has an enormous number of online and radio Yes, uh, and right. the BBC also supplies audio description for all of its programming. Mm. That's and right. again, they're and obligated if- to do that. Sorry, Jim. do I recall that there was a big kerfuffle, a, a hullabaloo about the government was discussing eliminating the pensioners' discount yes. or something? I oh, think yeah. they raised the age. I think it used to used to get a reduction an earlier age, and they've raised it seventy five. Which yeah. not only that, but they forced the BBC to pay for it. The, oh, did they? Oh, yeah, the government oh. used to fund that discount. Oh, no. And yeah, they offloaded that cost onto the BBC. 
we're aging we're, we're getting too old they have, the, <laughs> our government hates the bbc and they have done a whole bunch of because contrary to what people think the bbc is not a government broadcaster it's funded right. the license fees is sort of you know a legal mechanism but it does not actually belong to the government and the government has done loads of things to try and basically to work towards weakening the bbc including yeah offloading that uh, pensioners discount also making the bbc fund or cutting their part of the funding towards the world service one thing that oh, they right. did used to fund mm. right the government used to part fund i believe the world service and under the cameron administration they cut that funding and made the bbc basically fund it all themselves doesn't this all come back to rupert murdoch like everything bad in the world Pretty which much. is <laughs> yeah. in america we had these uh you know we have we're so vast in various ways and also so sm such small communities that everything is driven by local stations and many of them uh not all but many most are affiliated with some network like nbc or telemundo or something like that and you know i'm living in seattle i think i can pick up um i have an over-the-air i have a dtv or adtv antenna i think it's called to to pick up over the air digital broadcasts and I have a a tuner from was it Silicon Dust or whatever this company that makes an Ethernet based tuner. So I got it because I wanted to record Jeopardy. I know it's a little vain, right? I wanted to record myself <laughs> when I was playing and and other over the air. So there's some over the air stuff that uh, since we don't have we don't have cable or satellite and uh, so I've got a digital tuner and I can record stuff digitally. But um, we get like. 30 channels there's way more than there used to be i mean like yeah. and i think the digital tuning like like anthony was just saying about like being able to yeah. get more channels like when i was growing up i think there were eight channels we could get that were varying mm -hmm. degrees of like you know how clear how much you could actually watch something on them and there were a the couple others channel. yeah there were a couple others that were a little dicey like you could pick up like a new hampshire channel sometimes or something but uh when i've occasionally I, it's been a while since i've turned on the the live tv part but like i would start flipping through and they're like sub channel like this yeah, is the weird yeah. thing. You go to like a channel and there's like sub channels on that channel and they're mm -hmm. showing different programs. And I'm like, I don't even know what this like. What the, it's always invariably stuff that's like really old and being syndicated. Right. You know, it's just broadcast out there. But it the, is there's the it's a wonderful life sub channel. Yes, just about. Exactly. Right? It's like it's like we're showing movies of the 19 1940 <laughs> to 1949. 100. But not the good ones. The ones you've never no. heard. Of. <laughs> the ones we can pay. Right. Because they got a loop someplace. The sub channels are all uh, SD quality. And so yes. they get a loop yeah, somewhere. Yeah. The, the letterbox or pillar box. Right. Yeah. They hit a button and it drops this it just runs it automatically forever it's not it's kind of like a streaming over the air service and there are still some percentage of people in america and i think it's significant it's i think it's more than 10 percent. it might even be higher who only have over the air tv reception and there was a whole transition here where uh, the government had uh, the industry subsidized shipping out digital conversion boxes before all tvs were required to include digital tuners so that people with an old black and white tv could yeah still we did that a few years back yeah, yeah and the mm -hmm. weird thing yeah. if you were in the US, especially in that era, like was unlike, say, something like the UK, where you're saying like the first five channels are always like the BC channels, the channels vary hugely, right? Like what I'm seeing, mm -hmm. even on my like broadcast channel, basically the, the large broadcast oh, yeah. networks, NBC, <laughs> ABC, CBS, like they would show the same stuff in the same primetime window, mm -hmm. right? Like you would get mm -hmm. from eight to 10 or whatever, or eight to midnight, you would get the same programming, probably no matter where you were, with exceptions for things that were like preempted because of local sports, for example. But outside of that, it was like anybody's guess, right? You know, I could watch my channel 38, which was like a syndicated, like independent channel, and I would get certain shows on that at some times, but like that would be wildly different from what Gene or Glenn was watching. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Even, like, yeah. And you, you, you would Doctor never know Hunter. where to find things. If you drove to another state, 
to like on a vacation or something, you're like, I want to watch my show. If it's not a network you broadcast show, yeah, it. good luck. Whatever. <laughs> I need to watch my story, Dan. Where's my story? And then, of course, there was the, the uh, when I moved to the States, figuring out time zones and which yeah. time mm-hmm. it was showing in. Mountain was time. Like, mountain time, Eastern time. Yes. Time? Like, it's yeah, not a problem if you're Eastern or Pacific. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Everybody in the, in the middle has a problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the weird thing is here in New Zealand, now that we've got streaming services, it's like a, a lot of the big international streaming services have created like Australia, New Zealand as a region. And uh. so we exist oh, as no. a streaming service. Oh, wow. streaming. But the thing is, Australia and New Zealand is uh, Australians and New Zealanders are not only on different time zones, but we switch between daylight savings and <laughs> and at different times of the year. Oh, so no. suddenly something that'll be on it, like okay, so I was watching a certain Marvel series that's that's currently dropping at like was dropping at seven o'clock in the evening, and so I was like the, the last past week New Zealand changed to daylight savings, and so I I was like sweet seven o'clock. Hang on, where is it? It hasn't dropped. It was like, oh. well, and then I suddenly realized, oh, yes, of course. And I Googled it quickly. And yeah, Australia hasn't gone to daylight savings yet. So it was now an eight o'clock dry, drop in New Zealand because Australia hadn't gone to bloody daylight savings yet. We've been starting to watch stuff in the household. My uh, 14-year-old has gotten addicted to some programs uh, with me and my wife. And we actually have appointment television for the first time. Oh, yeah. in, yeah. And the appointment is sometime this evening. It's not like, oh, it's 8 o'clock. Oh, God. When you had the app of TV oh, at like 8 p.m., that was the worst. Yes. Yeah. Because your VCR might not, pro, yeah. you know, oh, my yeah. VCR I, might be flashing twelve, things, right? They had things to to adjust it to like yes. it would start um, like some of there was like a huge improvement when like it would start a yeah. minute early, like earlier than the oh, time yeah. you set to make sure you didn't miss anything. Oh, Dan wow. and Gene, do you remember the codes they printed in TV yes. Guide that yes. you could punch into the was it VCR Plus? VCR Plus. Yeah, this yeah, yeah, this makes that. no sense. Yeah, to anyone else, right? yeah, oh, you did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Good. But VCRs oh, were terrible everywhere. So, so yeah. Dan mentioned like how many channels he had growing up. We had three when I was growing three. up. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, no, I, yeah, I had three. And you like them? But that was and that was yeah. how you got because it was and again because there were no VCRs or anything. That was how you got things like drama series. That would famously oh. have like seventy percent of the entire population watching them, yeah. uh, which is yeah. just unthinkable right, nowadays. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the most watched program ever on television in America was the last Mash episode finale, of wasn't Mash. It? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was. Yeah. I think it was both. I think by, it's been uh, eclipsed possibly since then, but I don't remember. I think it has, but only by Super Bowls. Yes. Oh well, percentage. Yeah, yeah sure. Drama program or a, te- a fictional program, say maybe. But it was. Um, I think it was at one point both per capita, or, you know. Based on pop- percentage of the population and uh, also sheer numbers, but there's a belief that this nothing will ever accomplish that again right, because it's too fractured. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. I, you know, I'm sorry, I got myself off track because I wanted to um, scream about Rupert Murdoch, as I know we all would love to. <laughs> and in America, so his his perfidious influence has taken different forms in different parts of the world. And and I want to hear about how that's happened in the UK and New Zealand. I'll just say in America, what's happened is that uh, we had an ownership structure that television stations, no company could own sort of combined media. So they couldn't own more than a certain number of TV stations. I believe it was a radio, newspaper. There was some combination. Mm-hmm. And some of that, do you remember, was that, I think there was some Supreme Court decisions about it, but also the the wearing down of these standards because of competition from online media. So it allowed uh, Sinclair Media, which is not owned by uh, Murdoch, but is arguably worse, in fact, in spreading uh, misinformation and vile thoughts and ideas, uh, but also Murdoch's Fox. They were able to accumulate much more national power, just those two networks, and have kind of a hegemony 
in every market in a way that was illegal before, effectively. Before we started recording, people were swearing about Sky TV, and I've heard of it, but I don't, I actually confess, I don't exactly know how it fits into the empire. It's it's his satellite TV empire. Mm. Yep. Yeah, remember, was like it the I say, first? I think Sky TV predates him buying Fox in I, the US. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. 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 Um, I'm not sure whether it started here or down under. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, it, I, I'm, I'm uncertain about that too. We've had it for a very long time. It's, it's, yeah. I, it's pretty much the singular pay. There TV were two service. here in the UK when satellite first launched. There was Sky and BSB. And Sky mm. bought BSB, uh, which so it became B Sky B, and then just became Sky again. But yeah, he's kind of built his empire off the back of that. He already owned newspapers before then. Uh, mm. He's owned the Sun over here for a long, long right. time, and it's been a horrible rag as a result ever since. Yeah, one of the big things in here in New Zealand is they bought the rights to show all the All Blacks games and all the uh, which is our in case anybody doesn't know, is our it's our national rugby team and rugby union team and and they're known as pretty much the best in the world. And so now that and our our two local competitions, the the the, the two different levels of professional, are now all on Sky. And yet oh. it's considered our national sport and yeah, it's now locked they, behind a paywall. They did that to us with soccer as well. The Premier League, yeah. it was essentially a Sky invention. The whole reason the Premier League exists was so that there could be something uh, oh. that could be exclusive to pay TV. And that's <laughs> why you get these ridiculous, and I'm sure you've seen some of the clips on YouTube, ridiculous and amusing situations where BBC and ITV sports shows on a Saturday can't actually show the football. And so their cameras are pointed at commentators who tell you what's happening but you can't actually see the match. You just have to go by their oh descriptions goodness. and reactions to it. I think that's been loosened a little bit in recent years. There has been some, like, you know, jiggering about with rights and what have you. But it's an absurd situation because, yeah, again, it's, a, it's supposed to be our national sport, but you can't see a lot of it on, or you can't see a lot of the best of it on regular terrestrial channels. I think it's just like you're allowed to show a certain number of seconds of a clip. Oh, um, right. Maybe like, that's but, what... Um, yeah. yeah, but that's like, yeah, nothing more than that. If you subscribe to Sky, you're putting money ostensibly it feels like you're putting it right in Rupert Murdoch's pockets where mm -hmm. here Fox is a broadcaster so they uh, get all their money from advertising they don't get any money from uh, it's just it's permeated but there's this whole debate right now that if you uh, have a subscription to a satellite service that includes local channels which most do or, or a sling box for local channels or cable TV that some amount of your money is going to certain kinds of both Fox cable and Fox terrestrial operations without your you know it's like paying for the military it's like you can't say well I'd, i don't want to pay for fox yeah. it's all bundled in so you have a uh, seemingly a choice and and we do not uh, as far as i know and now this may have changed but um i can it's like i can get fox news on sky tv here in new zealand but mm -hmm. i can't get msnbc for instance oh it's very confusing it's this disparate media landscape that we're in but do you in each of your countries do you all subscribe i'm assuming everyone is subscribing to streaming services now because of the you know the lack of the, the high cost of cable relative to value or do people have multiple kinds of subscriptions a satellite partly this is pandemic related but we have almost everything else so we have netflix <laughs> and uh we have uh amazon what's it called amazon prime, prime. Do you have prime. Amazon prime for you too yeah prime and we we have apple tv and we have disney plus <laughs> 
Do you we get Disney Plus? Child, is it in your my, country? It, yeah, we have Disney Plus. In fact, I love so, yeah, it's I can, I want to hate Disney Plus, but I, I love know, it with all so my good. heart. Oh, it just has everything. I know. Um, so yeah, we we have everything else, but we we would draw the line at Sky. I don't know. There's nothing they could mm. put on Sky. I don't think that would make me <laughs> get Sky. Yeah, I don't have Sky either. Um, yeah, for the longest time in New Zealand, we didn't have any streaming services, and so oh. I had a little Mac Mini with a um, VPN to. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, I could play for American streaming services to access them. And I did that for a long time before we actually started getting streaming services in New Zealand. And, and I've switched over all to them. And I can't even recall how to get terrestrial television service now. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, I'm glad stand outside still... in a lightning storm with a I will say I'm glad that we still do get terrestrial over here because uh, I think that's where Wellington Paranormal is being shown. I'm pretty ah, sure it's that's... BBC oh, Two yes. or Channel Four, I think, uh, over here. Uh, which is a fantastic no. show. I just mentioned it because oh, yeah, it's yeah, a New it's Zealand be, uh, show. It's great. Yeah, I lived I lived in Wellington up until like a couple years ago for about like over a decade, and it was kind of weird seeing like Wellington's tiny. It's 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 got like a population of about three hundred and fifty thousand people, and um and it's funny seeing like all my friends overseas going, oh yeah, I saw Wellington Paranormal, and it's like <laughs> that's literally like one of my back streets. What are you on about? It's good. we we haven't we haven't uh, uh, gone through that one yet. We did watch Taskmaster New Zealand, which is on YouTube fully, which is great, and Ooh. so it's a great introduction to. Uh, New Zealand comedians and presenters and so forth. But uh, the Wellington show is on Hulu for us for some reason. I think the paid flavor, no, not the paid flavor, any flavor of Hulu. Uh, so I've just gotten into that. Well, so the, uh, Gene, what do you, uh, what is your media consumption pattern? Because we're closer in age. So we have different opinions potentially than younger folk about uh, how they consume uh, media. What do you, do you subscribe to services? Or are you still over do. there? And I, I stopped, you know, budgeting. During the pandemic, as, as Jenny was saying, it was yeah, like, for, screw it. it I am uh, doing absolutely nothing else. But I never was one of these like big cable subscribers because the cost of it just seemed ridiculous to me. And I didn't watch that much TV, or at least I didn't used to. So I had basic cable like bundled with my other cable service, my internet, which was, you know, cable service. But, and then I started subscribe. I mean, I had Netflix when it, back when it was DVDs and I, when they started moving into the streaming, it was like, whoa, this seems weird. You know, how's this going to work? You know? <laughs> so, and now of course that's everything. And Prime, I was already a Prime member for shipping and everything. And so it was like, oh, they're doing a video thing now, too. And, and now it's, yeah, everything. I I think there's a few channels that I try not to like. I try to like say, okay, I want to watch something, you know, something British. And I'm going to wait and then subscribe for a month to BritBox and get everything, watch everything and then turn it off or switch from BritBox to Acorn. I, you know, those two British services sort of throw me for a loop. I can't really, really justify subscribing to both of them in ad infinitum. And I probably, that it's kind of crazy I've what we do. I've never heard of Acorn. Oh, oh really? Acorn. Yeah, we... They're mainly like things outside the yeah, UK you wouldn't, to show well, you no, but UK I've heard of BritBox. Yeah. You can get BritBox here in the UK. If you oh, okay. oh, my mom, really? my mom has Acorn because I think they have a lot of detective. Yes. Yeah, they have detectives. Yep. 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 Yep.
Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Britbox yeah. has like every every kind of marple. If you, no matter what kind of marple yeah. you like, or Pwawo, they have that. Uh, yeah, yeah. ITV3 is the digital channel over here that is just endless detectives yeah. all the time. It's, it's, yeah, well, there, there's well other stuff on it too, but it is, channel. yeah, between Acorn, I and mean, in fact, you get, you get Australian stuff on Acorn and Britbox yeah. now as well. Like, that was oh, how I will. Right. I watch some of the like detective shows that come from there as well. So there you go. It is yeah. funny. I hadn't thought about it. It's all mystery. It's not all, but it's a lot of mystery and detective, including <laughs> what is funny is I'll scroll through BritBox. We got it for QI because we watched many, many seasons that are uh, QI is good about purging from YouTube. So there's some stuff up there and some stuff they list themselves. But you start scrolling through BritBox and you're like, these shows are being invented as I scroll. It's like a crusty, <laughs> yes. a crusty codger who's a sea, you know, a sea yes. trawler <laughs> ship's well, captain in the north of England pairs with a London urbanite to solve. Like, wait, well, no, it's the thing on. is when we were when I was growing up. This was the purview of essentially like masterpiece theater, and like PBS my mother, my mother watched it, yeah. Mystery, which was the yes. occasional masterpiece theater would rebroadcast almost exclusively <laughs> British mystery shows, and it was hosted by a variety of people, starting with Vincent Price, and then oh later on God. Diana Rigg, Diana uh, and later Alan, Alan Cumming. Oh yeah, and, and it was like that. My mother was an addict for that stuff because she loves mystery <sighs> yes. novels, and I grew up watching a lot of those. So we got yeah. the Poirot and the Sherlock Holmes and etc. And then I think it's it's been largely supplanted because you can't get the, they can't program enough mystery no, stuff on PBS anymore. So it has to make it you have to find it in other ways. Can, yeah. can I do my bit of glenning, which is I met the guy who at WGBH <laughs> created the masterpiece theater, the famous Alistair Cook uh, one where it panned over all the books. He was the art he was the art director, creative director there, yeah. and he told I met him once and he told us how uh, in a meeting he told us how he'd created this with his team, and I was like, oh, I love like that's such a classic if you show someone the yeah. opening crawl oh, yeah. 100%. from it or the, I forgot yeah. about Alistair Cook okay. yeah would, he famously was writing a letter from not the letter colonies but he wrote yeah, yeah a letter for every week right for you know That's many right. many many decades I, I mainly yeah. know Alistair Cookie Monster so <laughs> I did not watch Sesame Street. That was a thing that Cookie Monster, Monster did. Piece. Alistair yeah. Cookie Monster, yes. Monsterpiece Monster Theater. Theater, yes. That's right. That's, that Theater. is literally the only way that I know Masterpiece Theater yep. is because of Monsterpiece Theater. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah the, the, the major thing, we, we'd get all the British and later Scandi Noir detective yeah. stories. Uh, like the main line, that stuff was just great. And then you'd watch the British and Scandinavian versions and then suddenly, and you'd be watching it and like you enjoy it, you'll see this TV show. And then like a little while later, an American TV show would turn up and you're like, this looks really familiar. And it'd take you a little while to realize, oh no, the Americans have just copied the damn show. And <laughs> and it's it's exactly the same, and, and but it's like an Americanized version of it. So the, And we'd get, the, so we We'd get the British versions first, and then the American versions would come a little bit later, and it feels like you're just watching the same show. I just cannot wait to get to the phase. What I don't know what the age is, but it's made, maybe it's more of a life phase. Like I go to my mother's house, and whatever she's doing, laundry, cooking, um, she'll be like maybe doing some crafts, and like someone is being brutally murdered. Yeah, we we have ongoing joke. There was a bit. So we watched one of the shows we watch is Endeavor, which takes place in Oxford. Love and there's Endeavor. a there was a yeah. bit in the most recent series where they're like, "Oh, there's been three murders in one day in Oxford," and we're like, "There's murders every week in Oxford. Like seven people die." 
I'm involved with the Crime Writers Association uh, here in the UK, and the 90% of the crime audience here for, for novels and TV, frankly, is middle-aged and older women. Why? I, I don't amazing. know. I n- we have a lot why. of aggression we are not allowed to like, release, and we like to, to <laughs> fantasize about killing anxiety. people off. Yeah, it was either my mom watching that or killing my dad. Those were the options. So. <laughs> well, I think we've got a, a run because I hear a TV detector van driving by outside, and then my legs are going to pull the... No, what? Well, who have I been paying money to all these years? Uh, anyway, I'd like to thank guests on this run of shows, Anthony, Dan, Jenny, Jean, and Sarah. Our theme song at Pants in the Boot is by Chris Breen. I am Glenn Fleischman, your host who uh, asks questions to which sometimes the answers are miraculous. This is Pants in the Boot, part of the Incomparable Network. You can find this show, archives, and many others, probably a year's worth of things to listen to. You can stream into your ears at theincomparable.com. And if you have thoughts of things we should talk about, words, terms, concepts, ideas, write to pants at theincomparable.com and we'll read your email. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>